Hello and welcome to a new episode of Confused. This week we're talking about um, experiments. Experiments in marketing, um, experiments in business, and um, really trying to understand what happens in this current business environment when everything is so unpredictable and when things are changing so rapidly. How how do we stay on top? What do we do? So what's the answer? Um, is it is it really when organizations have been really good at doing one particular thing over years and years and years, and those strategies have actually helped them, and those top-down structures have helped them in the past, suddenly what we are finding is those same routines have now become obsolete and very quickly. So then what happens? How do we move forward given all these variables? Julian, what are your thoughts on this topic of change and experiments? Uh, I personally am of the view that we should you should never stop changing. Um, and I think one of the difficulties have been is that businesses have had a tendency, there is a human tendency anyway of going, uh, oh, well, this is what we do. Let's stick to it. And particularly, that can be the case within, uh, in my experience, uh, within um, professional services businesses is because that's what's worked. That's what we'll do. And we'll stay doing what we've already been doing. Mm. Um, and I think the challenges that uh, COVID has presented and the the possibilities of what the technology we have now can do for us has actually thrown that assumption a bit to one side. Mm. So, you know, you can look, uh, I mean, I'm personally very interested with my background in surveying, looking at the change, the rapid change that technology is making um, within the devices that are out there. Now, not many surveying firms are actually using them. Uh, more land surveyors are using them. Mm. But you know, you look at, I look at the possibilities, I'm a drone pilot, and I've just bought a drone that is about, um, what is that, probably five inches long, um, about, that could actually feasibly go into a pocket. Wow. Um, and it has the capability, I'm, I bought it to do surveys indoors. Um, and to do general filming indoors, but in a warehouse unit, I can fly it up to look at the um, the beams and the the supporting joists and the roof structure, um, which you would have to get a cherry picker to do previously. Mm. And the mm. point is, this, you know, I do roof surveys for clients where um, you know we can look at the condition of a whole roof in a couple of hours rather than having again to get scaffolding and and um, do stuff but it's it's still um, people aren't doing it um, and yet drones have been out for a number of years people aren't uh, thinking about that the next iPad Pro for example has a lidar detector on the back of it that will enable you to do a 3D scan of a room oh wow um, uh, yeah and that's just in you know actually you could buy a device that you could plug into an ipad beforehand but now it's built in this is what tends to happen within ipads now mm -hmm. that's going to improve um you know they're doing it so that you can do games with um 
virtual reality so you can have mm. you know pokemon in your living room uh, yeah. actually hiding behind your sofa mm. now the, the point is though that um that tech that physical tech can be with software converted into something else that would enable you to just down in the middle of the room and do a measure of it and get a 3d plan within seconds um you know people already do that uh, and again uh, a lot of professional services firms aren't embracing that sort of technology because they want to send a team of three people out to measure a, a building um, using highly expensive staff to do it. But do, now, you think, you... do you think it has fast forwarded now just because of this whole situation, this global pandemic? Do you think um, some brands or some professional services have kind of fast forwarded that decision and they're like, okay, now we got to do this now? I mean, initially, yes, uh, as you said, drones have been out in the market for quite some time now but not many organizations or leaders were thinking about it because they were still going with their tried and tested uh, way of doing things but do you think now they are is there an urgency now for people in these professional firms where they're like oh we need to change how we do business not necessarily what we do but how we do it and how we deliver it do you know i think the answer is no Apart from, I think there is a bottom-up pressure. I think there is pressure from the staff who are more aware of the technology that is out there. Great, yeah. But the senior people who have their hands on the money, mm. no. And mm. what it's what it's driving is the more go-ahead uh, thinking businesses are out there adopting new techniques, new technologies, trying new things. Um, the large firms are still going out with a clipboard. Um, wow. You know, there is, there is- That's a clear because, distinction, wow. Yeah, but, but I think, you know, it's the same within a lot of law firms. A lot of the smaller ones um, are lighter on their feet, can adapt faster. Mm. Um, and the bigger ones are quite often set in their ways. Um, but 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 having said that, I think this is forcing a change on those big law firms. And I think one of the things they've been doing is shedding people, um, making people redundant. Um, now they, that's they, the topic. Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, I'm quite um, of, of the one thing that for me, especially with shedding people and um, uh, and making people redundant, is what I really see and feel is what happens to all that knowledge and information that they had, that the people had, and as you just pointed out, it's the it's the staff who's actually driving these changes. In not in all scenarios, but in most scenarios, it's the staff who's driving all these changes and ideas and experiments. And suddenly, if the engine rooms within these larger organizations are kind of made redundant. I think they're back to square one. And I, I, I definitely that's a topic for another day. But I just <laughs> But they go, they go. The interesting thing is these people then go and very often they will then set up a new firm that is innovative. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's where, you know, they're then thinking about doing something else. And it can be a spur to them. But the bigger firms you know, the large businesses just roll on because they've got big corporate contracts. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think I think the interesting thing is, is that I think more people are now more open to the ideas of 
change and doing something different and approaching the market in a different way. Mm. The question is, is whether those thought leading individuals are in a position within an organization to make it happen. Mm. And, and, and yeah, and even if they, I mean, where they are at, what we are also talking about, it's not also about just products and services. It's really about the business model that we are talking about. It's about the processes and those strategies and those day-to-day routines in that business is what I think leads to change. It's what I believe causes an individual or a firm or a brand to actually differentiate themselves and go, okay, how do we do this differently? Mm, exactly. But I th- and I think there has to be some deep catalyst to make that happen. Mm. Um, mm. You know, to, to re-examine their structure. And very often, large organizations have a habit of um, reaching for the uh, reduction in cost option. Um, rather mm. than thinking, how do we do it differently? Um, uh, it, it has been interesting looking at some of the big firms, some of the, the big global firms that have, uh, interestingly enough, uh, shed staff so they could protect the partner payout, um, which has been an interesting one, um, so that they've looked after their own back pockets before thinking about the longevity of the business. Um, mm. And... That will be interesting because a a lot of people won't forget that. Um, Yeah. yeah. When it comes to, you know, it it will be remembered that Mm. this is the firm where they put their shareholders, who may or may not be the partners, before they put their staff, um, which is really kind of arrogant um, because they think that, well, we can always get more staff, but we can't get more shareholders. Mm. Mm. But who will want to work for them. Um, mm. But but I think I think innovation, the people that are open to innovation, um, this is really a golden opportunity for them because it breaks the mould of business that has gone before. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and it kind of gets them out of that risk of producing the same results over and over again. Because when you change your direction or you change your process or your strategies, even slightly by experimentation, you have kind of, as a business, you've opened yourself to a world of new opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And and, and killing some old, um, you know, shibboleth that they used to talk about was, was you know, sacred cows pardon the expression that you may, may want to get rid of that um you know where you actually look at something well this is the way we've always done something mm. well yes but why 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 do you still do it and it comes back to that asking that essential question that so many businesses don't why do we do this yeah yeah. And I think with those questions also, there are a few more. It's like, especially when you're thinking from an experiment point of view is why do we do what we do? And then if we have to think differently, where do we start? What mm. are we aiming for? And there's things like how much time should we be investing in this? Because oh. uh, but by the looks of it, it feels as though it's an ongoing exercise. It's not something that you do at the start of the year or the end of the year. It's just it's constant. Oh, and otherwise... Endless. Yeah. And otherwise, you just kind of um, that experiment is you have to wait for the results also to manifest because they don't happen in your in a business's timeline or the strategy page of one year, five year. And I, God knows what happened to those five year marketing strategies or business strategies that were created last year in 2019. Nobody's thinking about 2025 even now. We're all like, oh, God, 2020. 
That's well, it. The, the cal- yeah. The biggest thing was always whether the uh, strategy meeting, the, stra- the 2020 strategy survived <laughs> the meeting, because the number of number of strategy meetings I've been to where a strategy was produced and then that was it. You know, yeah, and you think, it. well, weren't we supposed to be doing something with this? But it's... And- they're lying to somewhere on Google Drive or top drawer. Yep. I can't say even top drawer because the offices are deserted at the moment. There's no, no one well, there. So there. We had a we had a great. Where do you go? Oh, we went went up to the Southern Highlands. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> what did you do? Oh, we had a uh, we had a uh, marketing meet. We did try to determine our future strategy as a business. All oh, right. Okay. And what's what's happened with that? Uh, well, we we came up with a proposal. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Yeah, time to actually so, <laughs> do the work and time to actually start experimenting rather than just writing those strategies and keeping them in 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 a in a safe locker but, somewhere. But but it is always easier not to do something. Then if it goes wrong, it's not your fault. It it always comes back to this point of failure is an option. You yeah, know, but I I feel I feel now I think I, I don't completely agree with that option now. Um, up, up yes, up until last year, yes, it was safer not to do anything. Whereas this year, when you look at it, six months, eight months into this year, when you look into it, my God, not doing anything—that's the most riskiest option, and that's indeed. Yeah. But but I also think failure should be embraced. You know, uh, that's what I mean is failure mm. is an option. You mm. should try something. If it doesn't work, fair enough. You know, mm. you're not going to do something where somebody's going to die. Mm. You know, you do something where with with reasonable approach, you know, you you look at it and you go, oh, well, let's give this a go. Mm. Um, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if also with that idea of failure, I sometimes feel it's also a failure because of all the other, well, maybe failure because of the time that experiment was released. It was maybe because of seasonality. Who knows? We missed, as an organization, someone missed a tiny aspect of their target market and they didn't understand it. It's only after yeah. they've run those tests or experiments and rerun them that they understand that, oh, okay, now we get it. We missed uh, XYZ yep. in the first lot, and now Absolutely. we now we have a better knowledge of it. Let's tweak what we're trying to do here a little bit more and experiment it again. Absolutely, or it can be too soon, mm. or it can mm. be. There's a number of different reasons, but unless you give it a go, mm. you know, the whole point of doing something, even if it fails, is that you can learn from it. So it's actually a success. I, I don't see anything as being a particular failure. I think it's just. You're testing it. Did it work? Did it not? Okay. Well, what have we learned from it? And again, the number of times where uh, you know nobody does anything, and then they they oh well, we can't risk this. Or somebody says, oh well, we tried that two years ago and it didn't work. Well, what did that you was do? Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that. Mm. What did you learn from it? What did mm. you do? Mm. Did you analyze it? What do you think was the problem? How could you have tweaked it to make it better? Oh. Yeah, oh, well, but, we didn't do but, any of that. but you know the ones who had to ask those questions are now made redundant. You know? <laughs> well, the innovators who came up with the idea. They're no longer in the organisation anymore, so nobody's uh, asking those questions. It's probably yeah, it's filed away. No, they're they're off off with another company, doing <laughs> setting up their own company, having done something that was innovative, <laughs> and are now thank you thank you very much doing quite well. Well, one of the one of the interesting things is when a non uh, is when a bigger 
non-changing company buys an innovating company. This always amuses me and then proceeds to squash all the innovation that the innovation <laughs> company had that made them worth the money purchasing in the first place. It, it, you watch it all the time and you think, oh, well done, you've completely missed the point. Yeah. Um, and and that idea also comes back then to it's sometimes it, the, the smaller the uh, the smaller the size of the firm or it's easier to kind of adapt just because I think they kept, they come with that mentality where it is like, OK, if A doesn't work, we'll try B. Yes. Um, and that's why we are seeing a lot of those kind of firms that have been not only I mean, previously it used to be only in the technology sector, but now you're seeing them pop up in all sorts of professional services, products where yeah. the smaller the firm, the more easier and more quicker they're adapting and experimenting, which is bringing a lot of change, especially um, in the business landscape. Yeah. Things are changing really fast because if you look at the amount of um, you just mentioned drones and the software, even in terms of surveying the apps that are there and all these other things they've been products of this uh smaller firms who are thinking really yeah. quick on their feet and not only just thinking and making strategies but actually executing and actually creating prototypes absolutely so, yeah that's great julian that was a great discussion thank you so much for your time today please keep listening to confuse next week thank you mm-hmm.